Well, hello there. Happy Wednesday. I just decided to skip Tuesday and just go right to Wednesday. So, <laughs> uh, hope everybody's having a wonderful day. It's bright and early on Wednesday morning. I I got a little bit of time. Just wanted to check in with you guys and say, how you doing? This is Robert Carter, RobCast C19. Hey, my email is xxrobbertxx at icloud.com. Have any comments? Um, you know, anybody that's gone through COVID and has struggled and, you know, they just want to talk to somebody, tell somebody their story? Man, I'd sure love to hear it because uh, um, I know I'm not alone in this experience. However, severe it has been I'm finding there's other people that have survived and that have been brutally uh, beat down from their dreams and the sickness and all the hoops the stuff like that so you know anybody like that uh, please send them my way tell them that somebody's interested in hearing what they have to say I want to see how, one, they came out of it. What did, did God do in their life? Uh, how they survived, how their bodies and mind healed and stuff like that. With that said, speaking of body and mind healing, I listened to my podcast yesterday and I was like, what, or Monday, podcast number nine, anxiety, stress, and dot 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 peace and I realized I repeated myself like three different times in that podcast um, I wanted to to be honest I wanted to delete it because I didn't say everything perfect and the things I repeated over and over again you know I wanted to take some of that out. I wanted to change this and change that. And pretty soon I'm like, wait a minute. Um, I'm just going to leave it in there because you know what? That's me, man. I'm just being real. I'm not perfect. And I um, I know you understand. Uh, my wife is the closest person to being perfect that I know. And... I might favor her just a little bit, but uh, don't tell her. You know, you can't be perfect. And I don't want to be perfect. If I was perfect, um, my imagery of perfection would change with time because you'll find out that the things that you want to be sometimes are really not perfect. In fact, they have all their own little problems as well. <laughs> you know? Uh, anyway, so debating on what to say, I sat in that hospital bed after being pulled out of that coma, and I've told you guys some of the things that had happened, and I'm just going to say this, I would pop in and out of a hallucination, looking up and seeing things 
hearing things that I related to. I heard a shovel, for instance, walking. I saw a big giant snake crawling towards the hospital. I saw a forest fire. I thought I could smell the smoke and see the smoke. And I saw a cardboard cowboy hat floating around in my window. <laughs> the cat, too, man. It didn't want to go away underneath the couch, which I doubt was in the ICU. Oh, my word. These things were driving me crazy. I even... This is a good one. I got out of my bed and I went and trained somebody on a piece of equipment. And then I came back to the hospital and got back in bed. Things like that that I related to. I was relating to my work and my job and, you know. Excuse me. I was daydreaming, man. And still the effects of being exhausted. Still trying to grasp for oxygen, you know, and uh, you start to fall asleep. And then, boom, there they would be there to check your blood sugar or to give you medicine. Or um, you got to check your vitals every certain amount of time. The nurses were doing their job. But in doing so, I don't know why my body just decided to start to fall asleep right when they would come back in the room, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. I was truly exhausted and still hearing things, you know, and I'd pop in and then I'd come out of it. And um, Just outside of my window, I'm going to say this much, there was a line of trees. There's a parking lot, beautiful trees, you know, and stuff. And I looked out the window one evening and it was dark, but... Uh, those trees, in the midst of the normal trees, there was some palm trees. Well, uh, this is Montana, you know. <laughs> there is no palm trees in Montana. Unless you count fake ones. Uh, like if you're driving through on the interstate and you're driving through Billings, if you look over where the hotels are, you can see that there's a whole bunch of electric um, palm trees that are blue and red and yellow and green, and they light those up. You know, when it's dark, <clears throat> they'll light them up, and you'll see these pretty colors of palm trees. You know they're fake. It's just pretty cool looking. Well, I'm in my hospital room. I look out, and there's this palm tree there, and then... The top of it was on fire. And it was burning. And I could see the little tracers, you know, uh, sparks coming off of this palm tree that's on fire. And I'm like, holy crap, that fire is getting close. You know, they're going to have to evacuate pretty soon. They're going to evacuate us or we're going to catch on fire. And I keep watching it. And I keep watching it and I realize... The fire is not moving towards the hospital. And they're really, the wind must have changed because there is no smoke. And as I'm looking closer, this is was really cool to me. And you're going to be like, what? I'm, getting, I'm looking closer and then I realize it's not a palm tree. 
And then as I'm staring at this tree, I realize something else. That there was a street light on the other side of those trees shining through. And as the wind blew, I thought the tree was on fire. This might seem, uh, I don't know what you would call it, insignificant to you. But to me, I want to tell you how awesome it was to figure out normal. To figure out that tree wasn't on fire. That was a regular tree. That was a regular parking lot. There's no smoke. That was a street light on the other side of that tree. It wasn't a palm tree. And when I looked out the window, I didn't see mining equipment and people that from my old my job and, and stuff like that. I looked out that window and I just saw some plain old trees with a street light. That was awesome to me. Because that says, bing, I'm starting to figure things out and the drugs are finally starting to wear off. And I'm finally starting to get more clear-headed as the days go on. That was a wonderful feeling. Okay. The next day, I got out of my bed and I went and I trained somebody on some equipment and I came back and got in bed. <laughs> uh, that was my whatever dream or whatever it was, you know. But um, there were the hallucinations were going and I was starting to think clearly and soberly and starting to realize what the tr what the difference was between hallucination and reality and I thought it was awesome you know and um in my little mind anyway it was just a little nugget of Yes, I'm getting better. Yes, I'm coming out of this. Yes, I'm healing. And they come in, the, the nurses, and they said, guess what? what? Today, we're going to see if you can take a step. And I got so excited because... If I could walk, then I could get out of there. I could I could go home. So I am excited. I'm like, okay, okay, let's do this. So they come in and they're like, just a minute, hold on a second. So they bring out these bright yellow socks. And they got the little rubber, rubber squigglies, hospital socks, you know, on the bottom of them and... Uh, they put them on my feet. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And then these two nurse, nurses, they come around and they're like, well, they pull this big long belt out. And I can't remember what the name of that was. Somebody that's, I'll get it in my head here. Um, it was a safety belt that they wrap around you so they could grab it in case you fall. They had a name for it and somehow it slipped my mind, but. 
So they put that on me and everything, you know. So I got this belt cinched around my waist and the nurses, you know, I was bigger than both of them put together, but I wasn't complaining because they were going to let me walk, you know. So they pulled me around and, uh, by the way, my wife was videotaping this <laughs> through the Zoom somehow. She was watching. So she got to see me get take my first step. But anyway, I thought, this is going to be a breeze, man. They're going to hold me. I'm just going to stand up and I'm going to walk. I put my feet on the ground. And when I lifted my head to take that step, oh, did my world go into a span, man. My head started spinning. I was so, so dizzy that I really couldn't pull my head all the way up. It was just too much. And they held me, and I tried. And they're like, just try to put a little weight on your feet. Literally, they're holding me up. And I tried. I did. I really tried. And I think I did put some weight down. On my left foot, my right foot, I had drop foot. Uh, I couldn't even really use it at this point, but I did put some weight down on my leg and everything, and then I thought I was going to pass out. And they're like, that's okay, that's okay. So they take me and they set me down, and, you know, the nurses are like, awesome, you just took one step, you just took one step. And I'm thinking, that was a step because... I can't even get my head screwed on straight. Man, I'm so dizzy. But nonetheless, they were patting me on the back, saying, good job, good job. In a couple of days, we'll come back and you can try it again. Do you hear the despair in my voice or anything? <laughs> a couple of days? Uh, yeah, a couple of days. So I realized it was going to be slow. My body took a hit, and uh, yes, it was coming back, you know, starting to have some clarity, but I didn't walk, I didn't get to walk home that day, but man, in my heart I would have, I'd have walked right out of that hospital, got in my own car and drove home, however, it wasn't that time. I had to heal and I was healing and there are some other things that I could tell you about, but this is what I wanted to say. The nurse came in and she's like, finally, um, I passed the critical, critical stage. And they said, you are going to get transferred. We're taking you out of ICU. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So they come in there, and I'm like, I need, you know, I had them pack my backpack and put my phone charger in there, and I wanted my chocolates and my tacos, but they were gone, uh, LOL. And they got all that stuff ready, and they came in, they put me on this gurney, and to my utter... um dismay because I couldn't do anything I mean they picked me up like a rag doll and put me on this gurney and then they strapped me on it strapped my legs strapped my waist strapped my chest strapped my head 
And oh, I wasn't in pain, you guys, uh, physically. But I didn't like being strapped down and restrained like that. I didn't throw a fit. I didn't cry. I didn't yell or anything. It was an inner anxiety, an inner torment feeling. So I'm just taking these breaths. And um, the one lady EMT was really nice. And she realized I was starting to hyperventilate <laughs> some. And she calmed me down. She put her hand on my head and squeezed my arm and told me, it's okay. We're going to take them off. Just we got to get you on the ambulance and we're going to transfer you. So deep breath, start taking deep breaths. It was okay. So we went on a road trip. I could hear them talking. And the EMTs were talking about all the forest fires around the hospital. I'm like, oh, wow. I thought I saw a fire last night. This is just to myself. I didn't say it to them. And they were just talking like normal about how much work they were doing and not getting any time off and not being able to go see their family because every there's an emergency every five minutes and they're just being run ragged all summer long. I mean, it was hot outside and the air conditioner wasn't working and blah, 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 blah. The inside of that ambulance was really hot, you know. And here I am strapped down like a mummy on this bed and it's 105 degrees outside, and there is nothing I could do but, but sit there like a fish out of water, just, you know. <laughs> uh, excuse me. I think I dealt with anxiety yesterday, but still, here I was. So, or Monday, sorry. We finally get to the hospital. And they pull that gurney out of the ambulance. And I don't know if they had to wait uh, for the room or what. But I sat there in that driveway outside, which normally I would be awesome to be outside. But it was really hot and muggy. And I'm still strapped down on this gurney. And they're just standing there talking. And I'm looking at them and, you know, and I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, okay. Well, it seemed to me that it was a really long time. I don't know. It could have been five minutes. But finally, they're like, okay, they're ready. They had to get your room ready. Okay, okay. Pull me in this room. And there's a hospital bed there. And to the right of the hospital bed is like a drop-down ladder to come out of the ceiling. Um, this is what I'm seeing. And there's boxes everywhere. And there's a couple of nurses and stuff uh, unpacking these boxes of supplies. And then on the left side of me, um, you know, they put me on the bed and let the EMTs left. I'm sitting on the bed and there's a pile of mops and brooms and junk and the nurses are unpacking this box and I'm like this is a mop closet they put me in a stinking they must not have had any room they put me in a stinking mop closet 
you know, um, on a side note, that hospital bed was awesome because it wasn't plastic and I didn't slide on it and everything. I felt really good about that. And they put me in the bed. I didn't have no restraints on. I felt really good about that, but I didn't understand why they put me in a stinking mop closet. You know, <laughs> strange, very strange. Um, just for the record, I was not in a mop closet. I was in a hospital that took care of urgent care. It wasn't not an urgent care walk-in clinic or nothing. It was a hospital for people that were critical, but coming out of it. Um, and they had levels in this hospital. I was in the first level to where, you know, I still had to be watched, you know, not 24 hours a day, but every 20 minutes there's somebody coming in and, you know, uh, eventually in the evening, they'd let me sit there by myself for a couple hours. Excuse me. Uh, so here I am, and I feel like that I'm, you know, in a mop closet. But then it wore off, and I could see that I was not. I was in a hospital room. Um, it had a, a little uh, sink and a bathroom and a chair, a couple of chairs, and it was an actual hospital room. But on the other side of the window, looking out from there, it looked like an old school. And I could see schoolroom desks and stuff. And then the nurse's station was right there, and they had a little computer that they worked with and it just looked like an old school um, I don't know why I thought those things later on uh, when I was mo more coherent it turns out that it was a modern hospital with all the bells and whistles and I was just um, seeing whatever my mind would make up and uh, just another day in a transfer, you know, I don't know how many of you guys have ever been in a hospital or been transferred or been strapped to a gurney. These experiences um, were taking a toll on me, man. I was tired. I was emotionally um, exhausted. Seeing all this stuff and not really being able to communicate too well because of that trekkie that was in my throat and uh, trying to talk. Most of the time, they didn't, couldn't even understand what I was saying. Uh, but so here I am in a new place. I got new nurses and then this first nurse that I had met wasn't, uh, didn't have the bedside manner that Kyle did. Didn't seem to have that compassion or uh, 
I felt more like a uh, cow than a human being when that nurse walked in the room because it was just processing, just processing another one and processing another one. And here comes another one. And here's this guy. And I'm not going to tell you the whole experience about what I had to go through just to go to the bathroom. But this lady had an attitude and, uh, I was in there. I was being processed you guys, I, that's what I felt like. I'm just being processed here. I'm talking about loving people, man. There's nurses out there that love people and they never lose their edge. And then there's people out there that get complacent in their job, whether it's a nurse or anything else. And they they, they, they don't care anymore because they're desensitized. And I felt that's the way this lady was with me. She was just desensitized. I was just another process. And you know, the onflux of um, the COVID patients and people being sick in the hospital rooms and trying to find room to put this person there, put that person there. So it made sense to me that I was in a mop closet because I didn't have no room. <laughs> but I really wasn't. Um, you can call me and I'll tell you the experience I had because it involved a, uh, sensitive subject and I don't want to be, uh, um, explaining the whole bedpan thing and all that stuff, but just a roundabout story. This hospital's bedpans were like a bucket, man, and they'd straddle you over that thing and you'd had to go into a the square bucket is what it felt like, but um, I asked that lady that wasn't too sensitive if I could go to the bathroom, and that's what they did. She, she, man, she came in there and set me on this big square bucket. It was just really weird, and I had to go. And I finally just find myself fine. I'm gonna go to the bathroom, so I did my business. I'm not trying to be gross. When she came back in there, she's like, oh, you really did have to go. And it's like, uh, duh. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, I told you I did. Whatever that lady was thinking. Um, they grabbed me, flipped me on my side. I mean, they cleaned me up so fast, I thought I was in a rodeo, man. Um, if they'd have tied my arms and legs together, I probably would have felt better. But they got me all said and done. And then, um, again, I went to my happy place. They had tucked me in, and I, like, you know what? I settled in. I turned on my music um, and listened to my music and calmed down. Everything was okay. Well, the next morning, uh, I decided, you know, nobody... They'd come in and they took, gave me insulin, did all my vitals, everything, and left me there, okay? And they said, we'll be back so you can order your breakfast. I'm like, order my breakfast? How do you do that? But anyway, I had one of my, one of the songs I was playing was called Good, Good Father. And it was playing, and I was reading my Bible, and I was 
being positive and I, I was thinking straight, you know. I wasn't hallucinating, so I was happy about this. And that lady came in, that nurse. And so I kind of like took a deep breath like, okay, I'm going to get chewed out. Uh, she going to, you know, slap me or what? And she came in there and she looked at me and she said, that's my favorite song. I love that song. And I was blown away because this is the person that was ornery and complacent and mean to me. And then all of a sudden, she heard my music and she's like, oh, I love that song. I love that song. You know, that lady was the nicest person to me after that. She had changed her attitude and uh, came in and checked on me and pampered me. And she was a really nice person. She had just been complacent. And I so thank the Lord for just little things. But maybe that's the way your day goes sometimes. You know, it's not going exactly the way you want it to. People aren't exactly nice to you. Um, <laughs> that's the way I was feeling. You know, the things started changing. Things started looking up. And I want to say in a positive way that, um, you know, when you go through trials and struggles, just keep keep your head. Let God heal you. Let yourself get be healed. But you keep your head in the Lord and things eventually start to get better. I mean, I mean, I know you can say I've heard this before and rightly so because for some people they don't necessarily always get better. The, the ending is not up to us. It's really up to God, but um, just want to say that that was another day in the life of a COVID patient being transferred, being moved, being strapped down, all this stuff. This is the experiences that you go through. You may not want to, but sometimes you're helpless. And that's exactly what I was. But um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And we're going to talk about that more next time. Hopefully I wasn't just rambling, you guys. I am Robert Carter. My email is xxrobbertxx at icloud.com. Please shoot me an email, text, call me, whatever. Um, talk to me. I like talking to people. Um, God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.